You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening. Thank you for listening to the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. Charlotte Greenway here with episode 93 and it's Friday the 8th of September. After a quiet weekend of racing last week, it's action-packed over the next couple of days, especially in Ireland as the Irish Champions Festival hosts six Group 1s and that's what we'll be looking at in this episode. First, though, this morning Nick spoke to Adrian Cunhas about the ARC trials being run at Longchamp on Sunday. And shortly afterwards, some personnel news broke regarding France Gallo's managing director. And so I've just caught up with Adrian this evening to find out what's going on. So the big news is that um, Olivier Delois, uh, which was at the moment, which is at the moment, the boss of France Gallo, so the, the French BHA, is going gonna to quit his job at the end of the year, and he's going to come back to his previous job, which is Arcana, uh, and and he's going to be the the head of Arcana uh, since uh, 2024. And is this news that people in France saw coming, or is it a bit of a surprise? Uh, I wouldn't say it was a surprise because uh, it, it 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 was a gossip for a long time, but. Uh, as you know, many gossips gossips don't turn out to be true, uh, and this one was. Uh, uh, the, the context is a bit special because, as you surely know, uh, French racing is, is a democracy. So uh, um, there is few persons that are looking for the board and to be the president over the next weeks, and we will know the the the, the, the next president by mid December. Uh, so Edouard de Rothschild having decided that he wouldn't uh, run again for being president after being nothing two or three times already, uh, it, it, it's not a surprise that the CEO decided to 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 leave while uh, the, while the the president he was working with is leaving too. Uh, I I think also that uh, being the CEO of France Gallo is a very very hard job for many reasons because of course you have the the glamour side of, of of the job and organizing the arc and things like that. But you also have a massive work to do with the unions. Uh, uh, and, you know, this is a bit special because in the racing body of France, from the years where uh, we wouldn't know what to do with so much money coming from the French tote, uh, uh, many, many things have been negotiated by the unions and now they have a very strong power. So you have to negotiate constantly for them, for everything. So it's, it's a very demanding job. And, and, I, and I think that uh, Arcana is, uh, is probably a different perspective because you have you have a, a smaller team and, and but more agile i would say and, and, in, and it's, it's a company with a with a real progression in terms of growth uh, arcana uh, the share of arcana in the in the blue stock world in europe is in 
increasing every year. So I would say uh, after a few years in 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 France Gallo, which were as usual for every CEO really demanding coming back to arcana is probably a new job more um we say maybe refresh refreshing and and with different perspectives and just looking back on what olivia has done in his role at france gallo is it viewed as being a successful tenure um so i'm going to speak from my point of view i think it was and uh, but it probably it's not everybody's point of view because you know French people in racing and outside racing have a very uh, personal relationship with politics. We are a country where people are very much involved. We love strikes, we love demonstrations, we love to be uh, very uh, sometimes aggressive in debates, <laughs> as you surely know. So uh, obviously some people will think uh, uh, it was not a good CEO, some people will think it was a good one. Why I would remember is that um, during his years, there was the COVID, and it was a really, really tough time. And they managed to go through that without losing too many members, uh, financially speaking, of, of the industry. Uh, France Gallo uh, helped massively uh, the trainers uh, and, and, and all the members of the industry, and they managed to survive to that. And uh, um, on the same time, uh, you know, there is a massive challenge, and this is this is a long-term evolution that France has lost quite a lot of horses in training over the years. So many, very often, uh, over the last five years, people outside of France wonder why French racing have lost uh, significantly competitiveness, and probably people don't look. Uh, enough uh, as the figures because we actually have a lot less horses. So this is the, the, the real battle, you know, of of of, of when you're the head of is that you, you you have to fight to 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 increase the number of horses in training in France for the benefit of the trainers because they need horses to 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 to, to live because of their job, but also because you need runners for the French toad because if you don't have enough runners, the betting turnover goes down. So uh, now we, what we will have to judge probably in a few years is how did he manage to, to, to do that task. I think he did quite well, but it's extremely difficult because you have to deal on the one end with the selective breeding uh, process and uh, breeders that wants you know to to be a, a, an elite uh, racing scene and on the other end you have all the the betting scene and the small trainers that wants to uh, have, a, have a big share of of, of the cake so it's, it's kind of you have missions that are contradictory on the same time and i think it's a really tough job so uh, i i don't know who's going to be the, the next one but i would say uh, not many people are able to do this job and not among the very few that are able, I'm not sure thousands of them are willing to do it. So it's, go- it's going to be interesting and, 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 and it's always uh, hard to have a, a judgment so quickly. It's with time, you know, that, 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 that you can ju- judge them. And, and, you know, when you look back to the history of French racing, probably some people were looking great on their days and one or two decades later, you, 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 you find out that decisions have been made have, have a detrimental consequences on the French racing scene. And on the other side, we have examples of people that were not really popular while they were in charge. And now we figure out that finally they did positive things for, for, for the sport. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a long-term view we, we need to have on that subject. 
Well, it'll be interesting then to, uh, to 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 see who wants to take up this role next. Uh, Adrian, thank you so much for uh, filling us all in on what's happening, and I'm sure you'll uh, you'll continue to do so over the coming months. Exactly. You're very welcome. Have a good weekend. So now time to focus on the Irish Champions Festival and there's two Group 1s on day one from Leopardstown with the first being the Group 1 matron stakes for fillies and mares over a mile and Irish Guineas and Coronation Stakes winner Tahira is a very short price to take this for trainer Dermot Weld and jockey Chris Hayes who'll be sporting the green and red silks of His Highness the Aga Khan. She's been off the track since Royal Ascot and Dave Keener caught up with Chris Hayes yesterday to get a sense of his confidence coming into this. Preparation has gone good, Dave. Um, she's in great shape. She had her break after uh, after Royal Ascot and she's come back stronger. She feels well. I had a sit in her during the week and I presume she'll have one more little piece of work to get through and I presume then it'll be all systems go for the matron on Saturday. And the weather, if it's like this for the week, we could have fastish ground there at Leopardstown. They always produce beautiful ground, but she did handle very quick ground at Ascot and she's pretty adaptable that way. Yeah, it was good to firm at um, the Cora and it was good to firm in Ascot, probably a shade quicker in Ascot and I, I thought that was her best performance so far this year because it was a, a muddling race and she to quicken, a lot of things went wrong for her and she still got the job done, she moved beautifully on it so yeah I, I don't think we're going to be worried too much about ground. Rogue Millennium might just be one at double figure odds capable of putting it up to hot favourite Tahira. She's a Group 2 winner, was maybe a little bit disappointing last time in Group 1 company, but tomorrow's race is likely to be run to suit her better, and trainer Tom Clover provided an update on his stable start earlier this week. Yeah, she's in good form, Nick, and um, they come out over well, so fingers crossed um, she can run a belt there. Is there anything about the setup of the motion that you think will enable her to produce what she needs, which is her very, very best? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're in the deep end, aren't we? But she's won her Group 2, so uh, we're going to have a crack at some Group 1 um, races and hopefully get some Group 1 black type with a bit of luck. So we just, we just felt as sort of in France that it's quite a sharp, it's much sharper mile than, than Ascot, and I think the time was about six seconds quicker than um, Ascot. So, uh, you know, it's a stiffer mile at Leopardstown, and um, we're hoping that should suit her. And I suppose, you know, to, to run... The, Everything has to be absolutely spot on of it in group ones um, for you to have a chance. And I don't know, for whatever reason, she perhaps wasn't quite at her very best in France. So uh, she's been working well and we're really pleased with her. So we, we hope that the, the stiff mile at Leopardstown should really suit and yeah, we're happy with her going into it. Yeah, and isn't the truth that she just needs something to run at? She just needs a race, a bit of pace, and the race to start just peeling away around her a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I with all these things, you need a bit of luck, don't you? But, um, no, if you get a strong guy, it will certainly suit her. And, um, yeah, hopefully then it just it falls right for her. We get a nice draw, it falls right for her, and she can um, go close to a bit of luck. Paddy Toomey's Just Beautiful, owned by Moigles Stud, is available at around the same price as Rogue Millennium. And Paddy explained to Dave Keener yesterday that this race has always been the plan. Yeah, Just Beautiful is... We've trained her for it, you know, this, this summer since she won her Group 2 there, uh, the Ridge of Pearl Stakes and Guineas Weekend. The weather is kind of every time we wanted a runner, the ground has been soft. So we're hoping for a dry 10 days now to Leopardstown because she needs good ground or better. Um, but she's going to turn up and, you know, uh, she's in good form and I'm looking forward to running her. And she's a very quick filly. Uh, any reservations about getting the mile? I think around Leopardstown she should be fine, you know. She's won 
up the car at a mile the last day and you know I think that her run style she's an aggressive racer and I think that you know she she she's got plenty of ability and I'd be hopeful around there that she'd do something similar to what the other one did last year and she's loads of experience plenty of age about her as well and have you trained her specifically for this race? Yeah, look, we, we had the option of the Rothschild during the summer. She's a Group 2 winner. She's not, she's not a Group 1 winner, and we'd like to try and make her a Group 1 winner. That was the idea of keeping her in training. And the ground was heavy in France for the Rothschild, so that, you know, that was a non-event. So we, we just gave her a chance there, and we've trained her for this race this week, next weekend. So the matron stakes will set us up nicely for what follows as the Irish champion stakes looks the race of the weekend as this year's 1-2 from the Epsom Derby, August Rodan and King of Steel butt heads again. And the two of them are currently joint favourites at 11-4. Both last seen in the King George, August Rodan was never at the races that day, while King of Steel ran really well finishing third, four and a half lengths behind winner Hookham. He just looked like he was outstayed that day and his jockey Kevin Stott spoke to Nick this week about the thrill he gets from riding this huge colt by Wooten Bassett. Um, I think Nick, um, for me personally, um, he's a little bit different because I've, he, he's the first proper middle distance horse um, that I've, I've got to sit on, um, sit on sorry, in, in group ones, you know. Um, He's obviously a little bit different to, to other horses in that he's so big, um, but then again so quick. And um, I think that kind of kind of makes him a bit unique, you know. Do you think his size has fooled us a little bit in insofar as we're kind of conditioned to think big, galloper, not slow as such, but stayer, that he's actually deceptively fast? Yeah, I mean... Um, I think that could be the case. Um, you know, he's obviously trained um, to to kind of be that kind of horse, um, but he does have a lot of, of natural speed, um, which is why the drop to the drop back down to ten furlongs, uh, you know, um, quite excites me a little bit. If you know what I mean, I know exactly what you mean. Um, do you still look back at that derby and think, damn it, I wish I'd held on a bit longer? Or do you think, nah, I might have just been outstayed? Yeah, no, my, 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 my instant reaction, you know, was, was thinking that I should have obviously waited a bit, bit but those split-second decisions, you know, are, are something with that we need to take and I, I did at the time and looking back now um, I wouldn't have changed anything um, you know the more I watch it the more we probably did get outstayed you know but then again had we ran in the dancey had a run under his belt uh, you know I it's, it's, it's so hard to say um, so we'll never know but He's definitely not short of speed and um, he's got a very quick turn of foot and I just definitely think we got outstayed a little bit in the King George. Um, you know, an N10 gallop against them older horses just found us found, found us out a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's Leopardstown's a, it's a nice track, it's a short running and um, I, th- I think that should suit him, right? 
So you think that short running will will play to his turn of speed, do you? So if you feel that of all the horses in the race, he actually has the capacity to quicken up best. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, listen, August Rodan, he obviously stays very well. Um, so I could imagine as, you know, it would be, it'll be a, a nice run, fast run mile and a quarter, I'd say. Um, August Rodan to, to obviously try and outstay us a little bit. Um, but I still think that that King of Steel has got that turn of foot that should hopefully suit us um, at, at, at Leopardstown. Let's talk about Buccaneer Fuerte, aboard whom you won a, a Group 1 last time. Big moment for you, big moment for him, big moment for Ammo Racing. I thought, I was very struck by the way you rode him in the in the Phoenix States because I thought you made your mind up from about halfway that you needed to really make loads and loads of use of him. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the, the pacemaker in the race kind of didn't work out. Um, so I had to just make my own mind up but in 100 yards. Um, and he's so straightforward that was... Um, you know, and we've always thought it was the seventh furlong miler. Um, so I wanted to make sure that it was a proper test, um, especially on that on that ground. It was a bit dead that day, um, and I think he outstayed unquestionable in the race before, um, which is why I was adamant to go out and, and make sure we went a nice gallop. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of made my mind up halfway and, and, and kicked him kicked him in the belly and um, yeah, kind of played a bit. Catch me if you can, if you'd like to say it like that. Um, can you do that against a horse like City of Troy, do you think? Or are you going to have to change your game? I mean, obviously a little bit of the tactics would be coming into, coming into play, I think. Um, we'd have to see where we're drawn, etc. Um, but... I wouldn't be wanting to hold him up and, and, and try and, and and ride him for a turn of foot if if you know. Um he's 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 a high cruising speed. Um and yeah, I, I kinda it kinda depends um what what's gonna happen but you know, I wouldn't um I wouldn't try and rely on his turn of foot because he's just a, a, a galloper and, and, and got a very high cruising speed. So um, it would be interesting to see um, what will happen um, pace-wise and stuff. So, um, But like when, when obviously making the running on him the last day, he was very relaxed. Um, and he's very straightforward. So if, if that's what I'll have to go and do again, then I wouldn't be afraid of doing so, you know. Another fascinating three-year-old cult in the race is Al Riffer, who's also by Wooten Bassett. And although he hasn't managed to get a win on the board yet this season, he ran really well in defeat last time behind art favourite Ace Impact. His trainer's Joseph O'Brien, and here's what he makes of his chance. 
Um, he had a very good run in France the last day. Um, uh, this race was was the plan since then. His preparation has gone well, and um, it looks like it's hotting up. The last ten days, the race particularly has has took a, a good step forward, and uh, we're looking forward to 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 being involved. To what extent do you think this back end campaign, that element of freshness, is going to be a, a big plus for him as we as we move through the next few weeks? Yeah, certainly, uh, Nick. It, it, it's a it's an advantage. Um, he's a lightly raced uh, colt. Um, uh, he's coming off the back of a of a, a very very good run, and we think that he can step forward from that run again. You've seen enough good horses to know this is a, a very good field. He's going to have to take a big step forward on the figures. But in your heart of hearts, do you look at him and think, yeah, he belongs at, at an elite level? Yeah, he's a Group One horse, Nick. Um, he's obviously a Group One winner, um, but we 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 think that he is a Group One horse, a genuine Group One horse, and uh, and uh, we're looking forward to hopefully improving that uh, between now and the end of the season. And his his best form, and you know, he's had limited opportunities to show, but his best form has come with a little ease in the ground. It'll be quicker on Saturday. Is that going to be an issue? Yeah, we're not we're not too worried about that. Um, he's ended up on ground with a bit of juice in it, uh, um, through no fault of his own. Uh, so we think that he'll have no problem handling the quicker surface, um, and uh, we feel that he's pretty versatile going wise. Who do you think is is the most potent threat in the race to you? Um, well, I suppose Augusto Rodan is the obvious one. Um, uh, if, if he, you know, comes back to his uh, some of his better runs, um, he's a, a high class cold. Obviously, Nashua is very, very solid filly, a top top notcher. Um, and uh, and uh, there's three or four others. The French horse Ernesto is a top class horse. Um, so there's and obviously the you know, King of Steel is a top class horse. So it's a it's a deep group one, and it's going to take uh, a top top performance to win the race. And hopefully, we're involved. Well, the one-two from last year's Irish Champion Stakes are both back again. Luxembourg, who's been a bit disappointing for the Coolmore team this season, and Ernesto, who makes the trip over from France for trainer Fabrice Chappé. He picked up a bit of an injury at the start of the season, so wasn't seen until finishing fourth in the Prix-Jacques Le Marois less than a month ago. And that was a really eye-catching run, considering it was run over an inadequate trip of a mile. He'll be partnered for the first time by Frankie de Tori and racing manager to owner Gerard Augustin Normand, John Hammond, discussed his chance with Nick on Monday. Well, he goes there as a fresh horse. He picked up a, an injury earlier on in the year, which kept him off the course until August. But he ran a lovely race to be fourth there. He worked extremely well on Saturday. Um, so, you know, hopefully I think he goes with a good chance. It's always a difficult race. It's, you know, as as always, it's going to be a highly competitive race. A bunch of Augustin, Augustin Rodin, um, King of Seal, Nashua. But he looks like he's going to get his ground, um, weather set fair, so he likes top of the ground. Uh, he ran a really good race there last year, and I think he's going to go there with a good shot. Frankie de Tori's going to ride Ernesto. How come that's happening, John? Why not Christian Demuro, who who rode him last time? Well, Christian has been claimed uh, to ride for Jean-Claude Rouget here that day um, in France. Uh, he's retained by Jean-Claude, so that's the way that goes. And Frankie rang out for the ride. 
Also taking them on will be Nashua, who ran brilliantly in last month's Judmont International, finishing second to Mostadaf. And if she wins, it'll be the first Group 1 winner in Ireland for a female jockey, as Holly Doyle will be aboard once again. And if Nashua can't do it, maybe Bradsell will. In the Group 1, flying five at the Curra on Sunday, he was drawn on the wrong side in the Nunthorpe, so did well to finish third, just behind star Philly Highfield Princess, who's also in the lineup. Another British contender with strong claims is Art Power, who just loves Ireland and loves the Curra. He's unbeaten in five starts across the Irish Sea, and so Nick asked his trainer, Tim Easterby, just what is it about Ireland that this horse loves so much? Uh, I'm not sure, but he's in very good form. I think maybe the ground and the track suits him. And it's just uh, just that little bit of kinder, maybe the ground, the track for him. I don't know what it is. He just seems to... Uh, he just seems to love the curra, you know. It's like any us, like in like in certain tracks, you know. And and it's it's not so much just that he finishes off his race so well. It's just the way he the way he seems to tank through his races when he's there as well. It's as though almost he breathes the air and suddenly <laughs> grows another hand or whatever. Yeah, he must think he's back home because that's where he's bred. So <laughs> yeah, maybe the language. <laughs> I, I I know he's clever, Tim, but you know, um, when you look at the race Sunday, do you think he can win it? Um, well, he's in, in good order. Um, he ran a good race in France. I wasn't. I wouldn't say he was on the on his on the top of his form that day. He uh, lost a fair bit of weight when he came on from there, um, and he DFC just didn't fire the same, you know. But um, he's he's in good order and very well, and he's right for the race, you know. So I think he should have a great chance. And it's interesting because he's kind of had to chisel his way into people's affection by building up this amazing profile of group wins there. But the expectation bar was always high, wasn't it? You always thought he was very, very good. Yeah, he was always a very good horse, you know. Um, you know, he, Ascot, he runs well and he just seems to just struggle to get that last 100 yards there, you know. Um, Newmarket, He's run well there on, in the July Cup, you know. Um, York, he likes York, you know, but uh, it it just seems to suit him, you know. The whether it's the ground, the track, or don't know, but he's he's in good order again. So he's on his travels tomorrow morning. Listen, you train hundreds of horses, and you know they all have to get out there and, and do a job. But to what extent is he kind of a real a real yard favourite? Well, he's a wonderful little horse because he's he's also he doesn't take a lot of work um, and he's a good doer. Shouts out for his grub. Um, if he's not showing out for his grub, he knows something wrong with him. So he's pretty easy to tell. And uh, he's uh, you know he's he's just he's just one of the monsters you wouldn't really know is there. You know he's just he's just a proper race horse. You know. The two Group 1s for juveniles look likely to go to Bally Doyle runners if the market's anything to go by, with two hot favourites, Elang Elang and City of Troy, in the Moyglare Stakes and the National Stakes, respectively. We heard from Kevin Stott at the beginning of the show discussing what looks like City of Troy's main rival, Buccaneiro Fuerte, and maybe Carl Burke's filly, Fallen Angel, will be the one to put it up to Elang Elang. By first season sire, Too Darn Hot, here's Carl pre-declarations confirming she'll be on the boat to Ireland this weekend. Yeah, very much. I've just had a chat with Joe Foley, and um, yeah, she, she, all, all systems go to send her over there. Danny Tudor up a ride. 
I think she's a very, very um, promising filly and seems in great form. She's got the more we've done with her, then the more she's done, the more relaxed she's become, which is great. Um, as usual, the O'Briens seem to have the the key to the race. They've got half the field that are left in at the moment, but we're we're very excited to take them on. There's also Haydock, of course, to enjoy on Saturday, and we'll all be keeping a very close eye on Shaquille as he comes out of the stalls in the Betfair Sprint Cup as he bids to land his third Group 1 of the season. Art trials in France as well this weekend, as mentioned at the beginning of the show. The Qatar Premier looks an intriguing contest. So there we go. Lots to enjoy over the next couple of days. Thank you once again for listening, and Nick will be back as usual on Monday morning. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.